What's going on, everybody? Are you as happy as we are that football is back? I sure hope so. Like we talk about almost every week on the podcast, it is important to have options when it comes to placing a bet and getting down on some action. Here on the AS Pod, we got the answer for you. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code AROUN21. That is A-R-O-N-E-2-1, AROUN21. You will receive a 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks for your first deposit. Sign up now while you listen to us break down the games this week. Thanks for the support, and good luck the rest of the season. Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give your show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Our Own Sports Podcast. Your host, Frank Arone here. Week 6 of NFL is in the books, heading into week 7 here. It is Wednesday, October 17th, 2018. And uh, back from his Vegas trip, back to the great state of Minnesota. Let's uh, head upstairs and bring in Rob to the pod. How you doing there, Robert? Frank, not doing too bad. It's, uh, yeah, back, uh, back in Minnesota here for this pod, and I don't know. We had a pretty big card last week, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, yeah, getting a little chilly here in the state of Minnesota, and heading back to Vegas actually next week. So. You gonna be back there for a while, or what? Uh, what's your plan looking like there? Um, yeah, I'll be there for about nine days. I think it is going Monday, playing in a golf tournament. Uh, I think that Thursday to Saturday it is, uh, and then yeah, come back on Halloween actually that following Wednesday. So I'll be there for like I said, a little over a week and. I'll be watching football out uh, on Vegas on Sunday, so I'll have to be a little downgrade from my from my eight screens here down to my, our eight screens here down to uh, five in Vegas. So see if I can put up with that. I guess. Yeah, I'm freshly off a little trip myself. I just got back. We did a little our own little version of the Ryder Cup. Took a trip down to Iowa and stayed there for the weekend last weekend. So that was fun. We were hoping it was going to be a little warmer going going a tad bit south, but. Wasn't really the case for the most part. What are you guys expecting in the great uh, Midwest here? Yeah, and then on the way back, there's actually some some snow we saw, so nothing that stayed, but still uh, a little early for that, if you ask me. Not not a huge fan, but uh, you know what are you gonna do? Just gotta roll with it and and take what comes at you. So, well, um, we might as well start it off and get into a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. So I know you had a pretty big card there. Is there any games you didn't fire on last week? Or No, it was actually a new rule. You had to bet at least uh, every game on the card last week, so I uh, had to follow suit. Uh, but yeah, it was a, was a pretty big card for me. I uh, liked quite a few games. I was kind of just had to hop on them. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I definitely got more fortunate than not, uh, as opposed to the contrary there. I, I feel like uh, at Washington... I don't want to go through every one of my plays. You get a little long-winded. You can just go to the recap page if you really want to. But yeah, we're trying to keep the pot under two hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I feel like the the one game Washington. I, I like that side. It kind of got bet against. 
uh, some money came out on Carolina before post, so I felt like uh, it shifted from them being favored, Washington, that is, uh, over to Carolina being favored. I didn't really think that move was warranted, but they did win, but uh, they kind of kind of dive a last-second uh, ditch effort there of Carolina. They'd go down the field and stop a touchdown. Otherwise, they would have won by one, and I had them on the money line there. So I feel like that's fairly fortunate, and uh, just the way the game played out, they had pretty much were in control the whole game, but a few turnovers and stuff for Carolina, so that, I think it was Washington was fairly fortunate, but like I said, they did have control of that game. I think if nothing else, they were just kind of too conservative for my liking, uh, even though they did have control of that game for most of it, but uh, kind of letting Carolina back in it. And then a few other games, but uh, yeah, the Chargers kind of blew out the uh, the Browns. I think that was kind of the right side there the whole time. And then likewise, on the other on the opposite of that, at Tennessee, liked them quite a bit. One of my bigger plays and my strongest play of the week had a, a unit on the the, the point spread plus the money line there and uh, just <laughs> didn't even show up at all against Baltimore. Pretty frustrating. I don't really... Still kind of confused about that game. I kind of like the spot for Tennessee. Thought it was a good, uh, you know, good position getting points there at home. And I don't know, they just uh, didn't show up at all. The one, one of the, I think, the most sacks in history, or like one le- one short of the most sacks in history from Baltimore's the defensive line there. So that was pretty crazy. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. I think it was the most in franchise history, but uh, one less than uh, the record for all the teams. Okay, I got you. So I mean, yeah, I mean, Mariota just didn't have much time at all, and. Under duress and just yeah, the whole team just looked you know, looked look pretty lifeless. And Baltimore could have put the put it on their throat a little bit harder if they wanted to. But they're kind of just playing playing slow and just playing the end of the game. So I mean, it was twenty one zero final there. But I feel like uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that it was uh, not uh, indicative of the score, but definitely feels like Baltimore had total control of that game and Tennessee just didn't show anything. So um, yeah, and then a few other games: uh, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Denver, and Atlanta. I think uh, Atlanta, like you said, got a little fortunate there, and Denver, same kind of as well, a little fortunate for the backdoor cover. But you know, that's uh, with with anything when you get points like that, especially a touchdown or more, that's uh, kind of what you're not hoping for, but always uh, you have the back door open, as you know well know. Yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit more concise with mine here. <laughs> I had uh, uh, some good, some bad. Uh, as always. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty pretty but, helpful. Uh, well, it wasn't a sweep either way, I, but I won my pick of the week. That was also my second two-unit play on the Chargers. That was pretty much never a doubt. And then also I ended up jumping on Philly on Thursday uh, for a unit and a half. It got there pretty easily too. So oh, That's a good point. So, I, I like that play. Were, yeah, those were good. Uh, on the flip side, I ended up jumping on Cincy, Tennessee, and Jacksonville, which for the most part were at least two out of three of them were definite wrong side losers. So I ended up going two and three, but turning a, a slight profit of a half unit. So not the best week, but oh, it was a pretty exciting week overall to watch. There's a lot of good games that came down to the wire. And I know we were still on the way back uh, from Iowa during the early game. So I was streaming on my phone and checking the scores and I had Red Zone Channel on some too. So I got to see some, but not nearly as much as I would have liked, especially when there's been a couple weeks where there's been – you know, mostly duds. It was kind of unfortunate that on a week where there's so many great games coming out of the wire that uh, I didn't get to see every second of it. But you know, it's the way it should go sometimes. So, uh, be hopefully another good week this week. Uh, so let's. Uh, oh yeah, I'll do a little uh, <laughs> round sports pick of the week recap. I got mine home with the Chargers, and uh, you got yours home then, or? Nope, just uh, just fell short. <laughs> Once new though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny. The uh, we're gonna have to keep bringing that up here until you can get that turned around because it's almost comical at this point when you we have a pretty solid week and somehow victories. figure out a way to. We don't win anymore. Yeah, we might have to cut cut his voice out of the podcast so we don't have to 
cringe every time I hear that. Um, but well, I guess yeah. I'll start picking winners then, huh? Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, go into it. I honestly, I don't even know. You'll have to let me know if there was any games where the number came into play from last week. Getting the best of the number. Yeah, uh, like you said here, uh, we had a few games that came into play. Pretty good examples of it. Not uh, not quite as few as we had a few weeks ago when we couldn't get that podcast up. We had two, uh, Arizona-Minnesota. That game opened, Minnesota minus 9.5. Closed uh, 10 at a lot of shops, even some 10.5s. And, and throughout the week, I even saw an 11, I think, over at Boyd uh, in Las Vegas. So, uh, wide range, and that one landed right on 10, 27-17. Uh, the other one, Kansas City-New England. I was, unfortunately, on the wrong side of this. Uh, New England minus 3 is where it opened. A little bit extra juice, probably, and then uh, that closed three and a half or four. Uh, New England, obviously, and that landed uh, forty-three forty right on three. And uh, me and myself, I got three and a half reduced juice. It was priced better than what my three at the time was available. I think it was three minus one twenty-five, so I think we went a three and a half. It was either minus one hundred five or even money, which was a little bit uh, better price than the minus one twenty-five would end up coming biting me there. So uh, what are you going to do? But yeah, those are two uh, two games here uh, for last week that uh, getting the best of number segment uh, counts for. And then the the total in that game closed eighty three and a half, right? Or <laughs> yeah, was it eighty three and a half? Or uh, okay, I, I wasn't quite sure. Just keep making that joke. I've made that multiple times this year, but it just amazes me how much the the scoring is just you know it's sky high in so many of these games. Old Frankie but, redundant, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it keeps working. I think. Uh, <laughs> I gotta so, get the I gotta get the laugh track on on, on set here. Yeah, the old school like sitcommy laugh track was super fakey and <laughs> obvious. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, that'll uh, that'll do it for that uh, quick segment there. But uh, let's you, know, you want to just jump right into the games and uh, break down the week seven games. Yeah, let's do it. I uh, had to keep that one a little more concise. I don't want to get any more criticism from you. So, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I just couldn't wait to get into this Thursday night, or it should be a good one. Can't wait. You got, you got your guy Case Keenum heading on the road to Arizona. It's like Denver's a one and a half point, two point favorite on the road with a total of 41 and a half, 42. Yeah, and uh, what I do every week, I'll just give my power rating number, which was just strict numbers, what my number, uh, my rating saved from the teams with home field advantage built in. Uh, I'll get the Westgate opener from Westgate there in Las Vegas, which is a good indicator. Uh, indicator book, pretty sh- a sharper book in Vegas. And then we have Westgate look headline, which is the line from the week before. We can kind of see how much of an adjustment we have after one game of both teams, or if they're on a buy, just one team in some cases. And then uh, we got the total with the Westgate open for a total, so a good uh, indicator there for all three uh, numbers, which I'll give it every game, uh, all four total, three from the Westgate and my uh, power rating. So in this game here, Denver-Arizona, my power rating was a pick em. Westgate open, Denver minus two. Look at line, Denver two and a half, and the total here open 40 and a half. Looks like, yeah, we're getting some movement upwards on this total. Um, yeah, now sitting at 42. 42 and a half, and I kind of agree with when I was doing my numbers here. I, myself, that was a little low, but uh, I'm not quite as confident in my, my, my totals, uh, my model, my totals as I am with my, my spread, uh, the point spread. So I don't fire on them quite as often as I would with the point spread. If it's, if it's out of whack with my point spread, I'll be betting it. Not immediately, but I'll definitely be uh, even putting a line watcher on our own sports or be thinking of it pretty closely, whereas totals all to be a little bit more convincing, or do a little bit more digging before I trust it. So. Uh, but yeah, like I said, like uh, I think the over here is the right side. I feel like um, Denver, I think, it, it has ability to score points. I feel like they're going to be a little bit hungry. They've been pretty. Uh, I mean, they were in the game kind of last last week, but you really never thought they were going to win it against the Rams. So I feel like they were kind of, you know, they 
hung around, they covered, but it really weren't not any threat to win that game. And uh, I think this is a game that they they pretty much need to win for their not pretty much for their season to have any kind of chance. I mean, they've kind of been reeling a lot since the first few games, uh, the first two games of the season. But uh, I think you were pretty low on them right away, and kind of agreed that with that as well. I kind of bet them against the Jets there a few weeks ago. I thought it was a good spot, but. I don't know with this with this game. I think it's uh, you really, I really can't trust Denver on the road laying points, but then you really want to take an Arizona squad either. So I mean, for me, it's uh, I'd lean over the total and uh, taking the points here with Arizona at home. Yeah, I don't think I don't really have a side side lean because I just don't really want to back Arizona in a point spread range where they, you're asking them to win the game. I, I, I actually I like Rosen a decent amount for his long term prospects, Rosie. but not sure if he's quite ready there yet. Uh, I'm not a big fan of their coach and. Then on the flip side with Denver, I think Keenum's capable at times, but also can be a train wreck. So just I think he's fairly inconsistent, and I don't think anything else about Denver is good enough or bad enough where you can really count on them to to be at a particular level. So I'm not really sure about the side. Um, I, I'm a little. I don't know if I'm gonna get there or not, but I, I think I disagree with you on that overcall. I think I would almost wait and then bet the under. Uh, just with these, you know, Thursday night game. I know last week, uh, I think it went over the total. Uh, what was that that Philly Giants total that had to have been what like forty? I think it was forty five. So it just barely snuck over. But I know um, it seems like these Thursday night games are definitely kind of sloppy and slower. And uh, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if it was a little bit slower paced. Uh, I think Arizona. I kind of like I've been wanting to bet the Vikes over for a couple weeks now i know in the lost pod that was going to be one of my bigger plays against the the eagles a few weeks ago uh even though i didn't quite get there but the only thing that stopped me last week is i think the cardinals are somewhat of an under team they just they just feel pretty conservative from their coast right down the line and if you look at you know like i said it's not the perfect metric by any means to just look at final scores because obviously there's more to it than that and and what have you but at some point, it got to go from a trend to meaningful. And if you look at their point, point totals, you got 44 and 46, so which would obviously get over this number. Uh, and, but then before that, you got 37, 30, 34, 30. And I don't think Denver's really a team that's trying to push it up and down the field a whole lot. I think they, they are a little bit more with Keenum than they have been in the past, but they're still, I think, at heart, more of a, a grinded out and try to play good defense kind of teams. So I think both these teams are you know, more under teams and over teams. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see this kind of be a, a lower scoring game myself. So that's the way I'd look here. Uh, let's go to the Sunday games. Looks like we only have three afternoon games. So that means we got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight early games. Plus we got the London game, or the early, early game. So it's not horrible, I guess. I think uh, we should have what is uh, one, two, three. Oh, like KC got flexed yeah, tonight, didn't? So we only have seven early yeah, games. Seven early games. Okay, gotcha. Um, so the first game we got. Oh, is... No, there is, there is eight. Never mind, because so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right, never mind. I, I can't it. count it as seven. I'm a little tired here. We're doing this a little later than normal, so I got to keep up here. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, the, the London game is a 9.30 Eastern start. I got Tennessee against the Chargers. The Chargers are a 6.5 point favor, the total of 45. Yeah, my power rating here, Chargers minus 5.5. Westgate open, Chargers 6. Look headline here, Chargers 3. 
total open 45. And yeah, I mean, uh, it just, to me, it's got to be Tennessee or pass. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's going to be tough to do. Don't get me wrong. I had a big bet on last week. Like I said, biggest bet of the, of the week on Tennessee, but I feel like, uh, they're no show. It's just, uh, you have to make a, to question yourself or is that team, how they're going to perform or is that just, uh, you know, one week, uh, outlier so I, I don't know it uh I, I i'm gonna have a hard time i guess backing tennessee here but i mean that's the only way i can look i just feel like we said it over and over again kind of sounds redundant but with with chargers this is just a team i don't want to be a part of laying this many points um i know it's a neutral neutral site game in london there but still it's uh i just uh it's a lot of points for the chargers i think and i think tennessee is very capable of staying in games i and I, I'd be, I tend to believe that the game they played last week was just more of an outlier, but at the same time, it, it was really, really bad. There wasn't really much to, to take away from it at all. So, I mean, like I said, Tennessee or pass, but uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get in the window with Tennessee or not. And I, I would have, if you do like the Tennessee side, I won't be surprised if it did get to seven just from the public getting involved either. So it looks like uh, some, some indicator books, it looks like it might be uh, heading that way a little bit. So Yeah, that Tennessee team just annoyed me because I've been, not anti-Tennessee, but I definitely haven't really bought in or been looking to back them for a couple years now. And I finally am like, all right, you know, I think it's a pretty good spot, pretty good point spread. I don't really love the, the Ravens really on the road. And finally bought into them, and they just couldn't have laid more of an egg. It's just super frustrating. Um, sure is. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, is this... I don't know. I feel like if I hadn't had that sour taste in my mouth and we didn't see last week's performance, I would like if we would have made these picks before the games last week, I think I would have likely had some kind of bet on Tennessee. I don't know if maybe a strong bet, maybe just a smaller bet. Um, so I was like, do I want to let one week club my judgment that much? Probably not. But at the same time, it's just super tough to get there. So. I don't know. I I agree that the only way I'd really look here is Tennessee. It's just a matter of uh, whether I want to bite the bullet and do it again. Now, then now to the early games. The first one's a pretty good one. We got the New England Patriots on the road at Chicago. And it looks like New England's a road favorite of three. So, uh, some three with some extra juice with a total of 49.5. Um, yeah, my power rating here, New England minus one, Westgate open, New England three, look at line, New England three, total here open 49 and a half. Uh, not much movement on the total. I think I, from uh, my numbers here, I think it's kind of right where I, where I put it. Um, maybe, maybe a, a tad high, if I think of anything, I feel like might be a little bit of an overreaction with that Chicago defense. They kind of look like they got gashed a little bit. Uh, I guess that's game we get into too, that Miami game is pretty frustrating. That was one of my ones I liked quite a bit there. I mentioned on the pod last week, I liked Miami quite a bit. I just didn't think the number was coming down. So I was waiting for it, uh, which I'm glad I did. Uh, it would have, I mean, from a, if I would have ended up taking a one game sample size, it would have been, uh, I would have liked to have the bet in my pocket. I was on the Chicago side at three uh, from a, a different play, uh, handicapper I follow, but so I had Chicago at three and I was waiting for Miami and I just saw it all week basically going up. And kind of confused. It was kind of just slowly going up and up and up. Uh, not that there's much much uh, difference, you know, like three and a half, four or five. That's kind of a lot of dead numbers. So it wasn't a huge move by any means. But once I saw it get up to six, I was like, all right, it can't get any higher. I've, it's got to be some buyback here. And there never was. And then it kind of Saturday night, Sunday morning kept ticking up even more and slowly creeped into six and a half range. And then just shot up to seven pretty much across the board. The whole screen flashed. That's when uh, Tannehill was announced out. So. I don't know, from my perspective, I don't know if that's people betting against Miami there or if it was just people knowing some news, inside information with Tannehill, knowing that he's injured and 
kind of got some inside information and bet it, so it's kind of hard to figure out. But like I said, I would have much preferred to have Miami plus six with a healthy Tannehill as opposed to getting seven with uh, your boy the Ostrich. So, um, yeah, with, the, with that being said, I think it's just a bad spot for Chicago. That's why I like Miami uh, last week. Like I said, Chicago under the bye. They're, you know, rolling on all cylinders. They're looking pretty good. Then they go into the bye. I didn't think that was a good thing. Then on top of that, they had to go down south and play Miami with the, the humidity and the heat. You can kind of just tell from watching that game that the Chicago defense was just kind of gassed. They were kind of, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's why we'll get to Miami team too. But when you're getting beat by Osweiler, I think uh, I don't think he just all of a sudden found his mark in the NFL. I think it's more so uh, you got some external factors. So um, I, I, that being said, I think my point here is in this game, I think Chicago's going to get back together on defense. And like I said, I think the total may be a little bit right, maybe lean under a tad, but I think uh, Chicago's going to be the right side here. Uh, and I won't be surprised if you can get a three and a half uh, before kickoff as well. I think uh, you know, the public's kind of back on New England's bandwagon after seeing a, a primetime game there where they, they they won. And not that they didn't get quite to the window to cover, but they still look pretty impressive and against a you know, really high, highly touted Kansas City uh, offense there. So, like I said, I think Chicago might be the play here, but it is tough to bet against New England. But I feel like the value's got to be on Chicago, getting the points at home. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Chicago. I really haven't been. All year, I just thought that I think they've gotten way too much hype with the Mac deal and the fact they were in prime time a couple times already, and everyone's freaking out about how good a player Mac is. So I think they've kind of been overhyped, and I think last week will temper that a little bit. Um, and on the flip side, uh, you got New England coming off a huge prime time win that everybody saw, the super entertaining game. Everyone's talking about how the reports of the Patriots' demise have been overblown. And uh, they, you know, they've been a public team for years now. But even with that said, they've still been covering at a pretty good clip. So uh, maybe you know, they're really a team that's been taxed more than they should, even though if they're quote unquote a public team, you know, the, the numbers would say not. Uh, I think I think New England's significantly a better team, but I think the spot just screams Chicago, coming off a loss, coming back home. You got New England on a somewhat shorter week off the primetime game, a huge game against one of their biggest competition in the AFC, and now they're going to an interdivision game. It's, you know, it's pretty solid spot for a letdown versus a good effort. So I think that kind of cancels out the talent gap. And uh, I agree that there's probably, probably a tad bit of value on Chicago, but it just worries me that New England's, I think you got to take them with a different you know, under a different, uh, you know, prism than most teams. So I may that might be more false value than actually true realized value. So for me, true value. Is, yeah, no hardware store. Pretty much a stay away. Um, so the next game is Cleveland heading to Tampa Bay. Looks like Tampa Bay is a three-point home favorite with some extra juice and a total of forty-nine and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Tampa Bay one. Westgate open Tampa Bay two and a half minus one twenty. Look at line here, Tampa Bay one and a half. The total here open forty nine and a half. Um yeah, I'm kinda of surprised here about this high number. I mean, you already you already seen some juice, which is it's gotten bet up quite a bit here. I think it was yeah, you know, like I said, two and a half, three. When I was doing my numbers, I was the opener and now we're seeing three with juice. I mean, three and a half's popping a little bit of juice on on Cleveland. So I'm I'm kinda of surprised. I feel like yeah, Tampa Bay hung with Atlanta, and they look pretty good. But, I mean, again, we almost see it every week here that people getting overrated or overadjusted, at least from a total perspective or, uh, you know, point spread after looking pretty dominant, at least on offense, against an Atlanta team or just, you know, be able to beat an Atlanta team. I think 
people just you know are giving too much credit to this Atlanta defense isn't good. I mean, it's pretty. I think it's pretty, pretty obvious at this point. And Tampa Bay looked pretty impressive, uh, decently impressive. But I mean, keep in mind they didn't even cover. And you know, I get it. They got that field goal at the end. It was pretty lucky, a long fifty-seven yarder. I, I don't really agree with that move. I don't really think it's too ju- too much justified too justified there. But at the bottom end of the day, they got they didn't cover, and uh, you know they played Atlanta with a really bad defense. I mean. Why the why the big upgrade? I mean, yeah, Cleveland looked bad against the Chargers, but I guess I guess I was kind of more saw that, and I think you kind of saw that too. I mean, Cleveland was playing a bunch of overtime games, you know, traveling, doing all this, you know, a lot of lot of games, and you can kind of just tell it was kind of a letdown spot for Cleveland after the people were kind of riding, starting to ride their ship after being so bad last year. So I don't really fault Cleveland much. I'm not going to downgrade them a whole lot after that last game, and I'm not going to upgrade Tampa Bay really either. But that's clearly what the markets are doing. I'm not really sure if it's more of an upgrade on Tampa or downgrade on Cleveland, but. Uh, a little long-winded here, but yeah, I think uh, Cleveland maybe a, a little bit of value here, but uh, don't necessarily love it. I'm gonna, I might might not get to the window even, but uh, three and a half, I might just have a value bet. I still think there's a little bit of value on the total. I think a little bit over. I think Tampa Bay offense, I, like they played pretty good against Atlanta, but I still think even before that that they had a pretty high-powered offense, and more so their defense is just terrific. I know they fired their defensive coordinator, but they're the I think yards per play they're the worst in the league. So I feel like Tampa Bay's got a pretty bad. Defense and I like Cleveland with uh, Mayfield. I think he's more of a gunslinger and either going to throw turnovers or, or make big plays. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of points here in this game. So I like the over a decent amount here in this game. Yeah, I think it's comical how I laid out last week why my play of the week was against Cleveland. And there's just such a flat spot and just, you know, you just being tired out. And everybody in the world loved Cleveland. And yeah, everybody's saying, oh my God, you know, there's under getting point at home or laying under three at home like what a great deal and you know baker mayfield's incredible and going on and on about how great cleveland is and then they have their flat spot now tampa who's everyone's cratered around and no everyone thinks is one of the bottom tier teams now they're saying you're gonna have to lay a little extra juice at the three even with and on top of that tampa's got a pretty weak home field i think this is a great spot to jump back on cleveland uh, I don't. Play. I was I gonna say real quick. Did you? I, I didn't understand it at all. That's why I jumped in. I was gonna bet it anyway, but I was kind of waiting to see because it's kind of a dead number. But the fact that the Chargers went from being a favorite and then before uh, went from being a favorite to an underdog there uh, Sunday morning, I didn't understand that move at all. But you could get a you could have got a one and a half two, I think, on the Chargers before kickoff. Yeah, I don't know who was driving that necessarily, but I know a handful of places. Of not people I respect, but just your average person or your media members or whatever we're talking about. How, you know, oh, it's a ten o'clock start for the Chargers. Baker Mayfield, you know, they got they're better at a ton of positions. We're making just a horrific case for Cleveland. And uh, so I don't. Know, I'd be curious to see who is the driver behind that move because that's definitely a little puzzling to me. And I, and I, I, a lot of people, I don't think I heard anybody hardly mention they're coming off two overtime in a row that were basically played the whole game. Like that's played an extra half of a game essentially in a week and a half is just a lot of extra football. Um, but yeah, in this spot, like yeah, Tampa. So what, did, what do they do? They played a one and four, like an Atlanta team that's looked one and four fairly tight and still didn't cover. Like you mentioned, like that's, that's what we're giving them credit for. I just don't understand how this is a full three, let alone three with extra juice. So, um, yeah, I, I love Cleveland, and I also agree with your overtake. I think Tampa is just about as dead nuts over as it gets. Their defense is just horrendous, like beyond horrendous. I don't, I don't know if they're quite as bad as Atlanta's defense, but they're I think one A and one B in the league. 
Um, but I mean, honestly, what what position in the field is Cleveland better than Tampa at? I guess probably. I mean, is Tampa better than Cleveland? I guess probably receiver would probably would be. I guess the receiving core is better, but I think every other spot on the field, I'd probably take Cleveland across the board of defense for sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'd, let's go uh, Tampa and over in this one. Next game we have is Detroit coming off a bye, heading to Miami. Looks like Detroit's a three-point road favorite, with a total of 47. Yeah, uh, this one I'm not sure where they're available, but my power rating, uh, Detroit two and a half. Westgate open, there was no line when I looked. Um, I don't know. See if I can see what they opened at here real quick. Looks like they did open at two and a half, and then they kind of been bought up to three. But yeah, I don't know uh, three even money on Detroit. But we still don't know who's gonna be quarterbacking for Miami. So it looks like the just by the way the lines are coming out that they're assuming that the the Ostriger boy is gonna be quarterbacking again um, for this Miami squad. So it looks like Tannehill's probably not gonna be playing. I would assume if they're having a two and a half. I mean, if my if Tannehill was playing. I would expect this to be in the neighborhood of somewhere uh, Miami, a short favorite, probably short of three. I feel like there should be a pretty significant adjustment. And I, I think I heard somebody say that is there any adjustment between uh, between the two quarterbacks? And I just and I think he said no, they're but they're pretty similar. And I just couldn't couldn't disagree more. I mean, you have one performance, like I said, against a a Bears team in a bad spot with the defense that and playing in the humidity. And uh, we mentioned on the pod about how we didn't like the spot for the Bears, but comes up and I don't know if I don't know if you saw the game uh, at all the highlights but like that last throw he threw when it was late in the game and it, he threw at the receiver and like way under threw him and hit off the guy's helmet and then banked into the other guy's receiver for a first down yeah, and no. the, actually that was like the one <laughs> one of the few games I actually got to watch a decent amount of so I did see that it was where it bounced off caromed off the one receiver and then into the other receiver yeah and then you know, he's doing the first down thing like he just you know super good and like he got a good pass and it's like obviously you can't fault him you get lucky and stuff from, from coming from Osweiler I'm saying but it's like the same time, it's like I just can't expect him to be any good, and you can just totally tell from my perspective this will be a game where they just come out and get just absolutely throttled and just have no offense because he's. And, and the, the the sad part is he's getting a little bit of credit, a little bit of hype. I won't say a ton, but it feels like he's like, oh, maybe you know, kind of one of those deals. Like you know, we can talk yeah, ourselves last into. Last week, us. people were making jokes on Twitter. It was just everybody's like, oh, you know, basically, you know, how many pick sixes is he going to throw? Bet your house against him. Yada yada yada. And then after one performance, yeah, it's been muted significantly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's not more so the hype, but less, more so, yeah, exactly less uh, against him. But, yeah, so I don't know. This it seems like a game to me where they're just going to come out and have no offense and just be pretty much dead. Uh, I feel like this, uh, you know, just basically off that one factor, not a, not, not a huge take or anything too sophisticated by any stance. But uh, I think to me it's just look at Detroit side and take under, just uh, basically parlaying that one fact that Osweiler is going to come out and not play that well. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Um, this this Lions squad, I, I've been kind of reluctant to buy into them, and you know they do have home wins against the the Pats and the Packers, who both you know that Pats win looks a little bit more impressive now than it did a couple weeks ago, and then they lost at the Cowboys, which should have could have been a win or you know should have been a win or whatever is right there at the end. It's kind of anybody's ball game. Um, which not when I thought before the Cowboys were one of the worst few teams in the league, but and they still might be, but they look significantly better after blowing out the Jags, and you know maybe we uh, maybe undervalued them a little bit. So you can make the case that the Lions are you know maybe a little bit better than I was thinking. Um, it's just kind of hard to tell how they're going to come out of the bye because they 
they kind of had a mixed bag there coming off a Packers win. You think they might be a little bit happy, but they're still two and three and in last place in the division. So it's hard to imagine they'd be feeling too good about themselves. Uh, or conversely, yeah, you think Miami, they're going to have the, they, uh, trying to think that they, they went to overtime, didn't they? And they went back and forth pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think here. Did they? I'm pretty sure that, um, I'm going to look it up here just to make sure. I should know that. Um, Yeah, it's final OT. So I remember they went back and forth, and um, I think the time, I think they've used up the full 10 minutes in overtime again. Oh, that's right. They kicked, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, because I was thinking of that play with, that play that I was talking about earlier, that wasn't an OT. That's why I was confused. That was before OT. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, 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 it was with time time expired expired in in overtime. So it's like, okay, you got Miami. Who, like you mentioned a couple times now with the Heat, but it's like you play a full extra quarter and then you come back. And yeah, people are, there's an absence of criticism about Osweiler for some reason uh, versus a well rested Detroit team. And if, if, if they come out focused, which is a big if with Stafford and the Lions over the years, uh, but if they come out focused, it's basically, I don't think there's too much of a difference between the Lions and the Bears myself. Although this week you're getting four extra points from where it's at now. Plus, I think it's a better spot for the Lions than it was for the Bears, even though it's kind of similar on paper. But, you know, Miami was just coming off blowing that game to Cincy last week and coming back home, and they were probably going to be fairly focused. Plus, if you factor in the, the you know, whatever, the not star player, because I wouldn't say Tannehill's a star, but with their leader being out for the game, you know, they rally together and put up one good performance and try to knock off this Bears team that's getting a ton of hype. Now, like you mentioned, this is a perfect spot for a flat spot where they come out and kind of look lackadaisical and Osweiler makes one or two bad plays that you know, worked last week that gets picked off this week and then all of a sudden the floodgates just open and they just get absolutely barnstormed. So I actually like Detroit. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never, hardly ever a fan of laying points on the road with Detroit. But I think this is a pretty dang good spot to do it. So I, uh, I'm i interested in the Detroit side of this equation. Next game we have is Carolina at Philadelphia. Two teams that are just kind of not super sexy to me, and I don't really under, like, can't figure out either of them too much. But uh, we got Philly, four and a half point favorite at home, with a total of 45 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia minus six and a half. Westgate open, Philadelphia three and a half. Look at line, Philadelphia three. Total here open 45 and a half. Uh, I had a few opinions here so far. Um, my, my numbers here tend me to push me to believe here, uh, take the Philadelphia side, but I really don't have much interest at all in this uh, point spread with Philadelphia. But likewise, I feel like they're kind of getting it back together. I feel like Wentz is kind of getting in a groove. I know you said you released a play on Philadelphia. I actually bet that there once, once that steam came late on the Giants. I didn't understand that at all once I... I saw the number. I kind of just had that off the radar because I just thought for sure last Thursday night that that game was just going to go up. I thought there's only way one way it was going to go it was going to go from three to three and a half or, or stay at three. So I just kind of you know crossed it off my list as a potential game I'm going to bet on. And then lo and behold, I look at it and it's down to like Philadelphia one or whatever it was one and a half. I, I don't know what I got that at. I think I think it was either pick them or one or something like that. And I was like, that's just way too low in my opinion. And Obviously, it's one game sample size, so who knows? But it was—I uh, feel like Philadelphia is kind of getting their legs back together, and you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. I think playing against that Giants team that I'm um, pretty low on, especially Eli. Um, it, it just—you know—what are you going to get with him? Like I say every week, but um, yeah, I feel like Philadelphia is getting it together. I feel like 
they're still kind of like a, just my number suggests I think a little bit undervalued maybe in the marketplace I think and they've been like that since even in the last year uh, like I said I think they're kind of getting it together but at the same time I just uh, don't really want to lay you know those points here uh, even if they are at home it's more than the field goal I just not really a territory I really want to lay here in this Philadelphia team I don't trust them enough yeah to me the part the part of the game that's the most confounding is Carolina I just I, I don't know I'm not really sure what to make of them I thought they out talent or had quite a bit more talent than Washington last week and and you know you said it could have gone either way but ended up losing that game and uh I think Philadelphia is a better team and I I think Carolina could come through and you know wouldn't shock me at all if Cam's playing great and you know kind of doing Cam things and diving for touchdowns and getting up and doing his first down thing but it also wouldn't surprise me if Philly takes care of business rather easily so I'd I don't know, just not really sure what to make of either of these teams, but more so the Carolina. Um, so to me, this is kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting game to watch, but also just not super exciting, uh, but more so just exciting to watch from a standpoint of seeing, uh, you know, getting more data to take forward to figure out what to make of these teams going forward. Next game is uh, Buffalo heading to Indianapolis. Here we so go. Indy, game you're yeah. waiting for, Frank. Yeah, we got a feature TV here downstairs. Uh, you got Indy, a seven and a half point home favor, the total of 43. Yeah, my uh, power rate here, Indy minus seven. Westgate open, Indy six and a half, minus 120. Look headline, Indy minus five and a half. And this total here opened 42, but immediately got bet up to 42 and a half, about six seconds after it released what I have here. That uh, kind of quick, I guess we'll start with that. I think uh, I do agree. I like I like the over here. Sitting at 43, 43 and a half, but yeah, 40, over 43, I think I, I like a decent amount. I feel like, I mean, Indy's defense is just not good. I mean, we see it over and over again here. It's just stiff. And then you look at Luck on the offensive side. I mean, yeah, I get it. He doesn't have any weapons. It seems like it's a, a routine here every week. We kind of joke about it, how they just drop balls. I mean, you'd think at one at some point it's, they would get changed or, you know, they get new receivers or something, but it's just every week it's the same thing over and over again. Uh, luck throwing good balls. I know they dropped a touchdown, an easy touchdown, then they had to settle for a field goal. I mean, the guy just dropped it. It was right in his bread basket, right in his chest, and he just dropped it. No no one was even, you know, within arm's length of him and in the end zone there, and they had to kick a field goal. I mean, that cost some points, and there's some other drops. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, like I said, the only thing that I keep me from here is the Buffalo quarterback situation. It looks like, uh, was that Derek Anderson? Is he getting the start? Yeah, I was gonna say you're taking a Derek Anderson total over. What a time to be alive! Yeah, so that'd be the that'd be the only uh, you know the little hesitation there. But the funny part is this total came in, uh, like I said, open low before he was even announced in. I guess they just don't have anybody at quarterback. That's kind of I guess that kind of goes to show yeah, you how Peterman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess he's good for for uh, scoring points and a pick six. As he's he's really good at that. It is but, kind of funny how it's come full circle because that used to be Anderson's mo. <laughs> yeah, he was like the original OG at throwing pick sixes. What do you mean the one-two combo, the one-two punch there? Yeah, the protege had to bring him in. But yeah, anyways, I, I look look towards the over. I, I like it still, but yeah, that'd be the one thing that'd be uh, make me a little hesitant here. Um, we'll see where it goes uh, if it comes down at all. I'll probably be on it for sure. But uh, as for uh, the point spread side, I think uh, yeah. How do you bet this game? I, I don't know. I mean, look at the look at that indie uh, injury list. I mean, it just I mean, no, it almost goes off my page, and I got a pretty decent sized TV here up uh, in my office, so it's like, boy, I, I don't know. Just a ton of injuries, just riddled with injuries on this indie squad. So I mean, this is a, a game. Uh, I mean, we're gonna have them all on the TV. We'll put it on the the furthest right or the smallest TV we can find downstairs. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I, I, I like the over quite a bit. That's I was kind of joking about with the Derek Anderson because I think he's one of those guys that they might. I'm sure they'll probably go fairly vanilla conservative with him. But if they do get down, they're going to be forced to open it up with them. And he's one of those guys that can either make things happen or can go horrifically wrong for him. So, I don't know. I think Indy, you know, they not scoring-wise necessarily, but I think they might manufacture 43 points by themselves, either scoring or turning it over or, you know, whatever, just having garbage interceptions tipped off the receiver's hands or whatever. Uh, I just think they're, like I said earlier, with uh, – you know, Tampa um, being a dead nuts over team, I, I think uh, I think Indy's right up at the top of the list in the league with you know, Atlanta and Tampa. And I think Indy are probably the top three off the top of my head that are dead nuts over teams. So when you have just a completely putrid defense along with a pretty competent offense that's willing to throw the ball 50 times a game, uh, I think that leads to an over, uh, especially in this low 40s range, especially with the way just the NFL is trending in general. Just so many of these games are just, you know, video game scores at this point. I think you uh, almost want to come into the game making a case for the over just with the way everything's going, even though that's kind of counterintuitive to, you know, what I'd like to do or where you think value is as a you know, sharper player because, you know, the public loves to bet the overs. But uh, it just kind of seems like, the game just kind of trending that way in a lot, in a lot of instances. And uh, I think these lower forties here, if you can make any good case of any component of the game to be an overplay, uh, I think that's kind of the way to go. So I like over here. Uh, next game we have is the Minnesota Vikings heading to the New York jets. Looks like the Vikes are a three point road favorite with some extra juice and total of 47. Yeah, don't forget about that late game. Uh, if we skip it here, I want to make sure uh, it's on you if we forget it. But <laughs> just kidding. But uh, yeah, Minnesota here. My power rate in Minnesota minus two. Westgate open Minnesota three. Look at line here Minnesota four. Westgate gate total open forty seven. And uh, kind of like you, I uh, kind of share that same sentiment there. Uh, kind of look over on the Minnesota games, the Vikings. I think uh, the stats wise, I think they're about average, even below average, uh, slightly, uh, just from a yards per play perspective and. Uh, overall stats on defense so i think they're kind of still getting valued as a, a a good defense i mean granted it's a little bit higher total than you'd see for a minnesota game last year uh, but like you said you kind of almost want to look over now in most of these games just the way the rules are and, and the way the the trends have been going uh with all the scoring not that you want to take a few games uh sample size but i think it's more so it just makes sense as opposed to just uh, randomness so uh, and I feel like the Jets team uh, i'm kind of surprised i haven't really been able to get a read on this Jets team i bet against them now i think two Two last weeks, I guess it is, and uh, I just they burned me both times. I'm not really not sure if I'm ready to jump on them by any stretch, but I think it'll be enough to keep me off them because I'm really not sure what you're going to get with this Jets team. I mean, it's pretty much the Robbie Anderson show, the Darnold Robbie Anderson show. <laughs> um, they uh, kind of been able to do what they want on defense, so we'll be interesting to see what Minnesota can do. But I feel like if anything, you got to look over in this game again. Uh, kind of get a little redundant here with these overs, but uh, I feel like that's where the value is here uh, from a totals perspective. Yeah, I I don't know. I like my instincts say the Jets. I don't know if it's just uh bias based on history, but my instincts for the Jets say to bet against them and bet unders. <laughs> but that just could just be a history thing. Uh for what they've shown this year, there's kind of been a mixed bag of a little bit of everything. They've had you know, the low low scoring disappointing efforts against like the Dolphins and Browns. And then they've also 
put up a ton of points against the Colts, Broncos, and Lions, and and then had uh, you know a lower scoring, a disappointing game. I mean, a higher scoring, disappointing game against the Jags. So it's kind of been a mixed bag with just about everything. Uh, I guess the only thing they haven't really done is win a low scoring game, close one yet. So maybe that's coming this week. But uh, I don't know. I I like the Vikes a decent amount. Uh, I don't. I don't totally trust them on the road, and I I just don't know exactly what to make of the Jets. So I don't like them enough to lay extra juice and a field goal necessarily on the road. Uh, I think this would be one where, like, as a fan, I kind of expect the Vikings to win, but I also don't nearly feel confident enough to lay three and some juice on the road. So, uh, And then also I just don't feel confident enough. I think the Vikes are definitely an over team, but that being said, the last couple weeks – has been a little bit less so, and I maybe wrongfully so kind of pegged the Jets as slightly an under team still. So I think this point total is pretty fair, and the line's pretty fair, and I think this will just be a fun one to watch and not really have uh, any financial investments in. Uh, the last early game is Houston heading to Jacksonville. Good old uh, AFC South battle here. Uh, a total of, I mean, a uh, looks like the Jacksonville's a four and a half. Five point home favor with a total of forty two and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Jacksonville minus six. Westgate open Jacksonville four and a half. There wasn't a look at line here that I could find, and then the total here opened forty two and a half. Um yeah, I, I, I feel like you gotta look uh, one way here. I feel like it's Jacksonville. I was uh I know you were on them last week and it might be kinda tough to go back to the barrel after just getting absolutely just routed well. against Dallas. But what's that? <laughs> or the well, the more the barrel, either one I guess. Do either one. I was making fun of my sayings, but anyway, um, yeah. But after that routing uh, from Dallas, uh, your boy Jason Garrett, uh, it's it's pretty funny. I think it seems like every time he's in a position where if he loses a game, you think he'd be fired the next week. It's almost like he always. Not that there's like a set time you can really predict, like oh, this is the time he's gonna get fired. But it feels like that was a week where if they would have gone out and just gotten dominated there at home against Jacksonville, that you know they would have been that would have been definitely you see feel would have felt like his job might have been in jeopardy the next week. The but, kid's got alligator blood. <laughs> can't get rid of him, yeah. And uh, holding up that one uh, one all day. But, yeah, anyway, so I feel like, uh, I don't know. I think this is the spot that Jacksonville's got to get it back together if they're any kind of contender or playoff contender team at all. And I feel like they probably are, although it is kind of tough after the last few weeks. But, um, yeah, I just, I mean, I think it's more so a bet against this Houston team. I mean, <laughs> they just, they snuck by. I mean, they they didn't cover last week, but they still snuck by and won, which I think, They've done that a few times this year that they really didn't deserve to win. And thanks to, like your boy, you said earlier, Nathan Peterman throwing a pick six there when it was tie game. Uh, really had no business of uh, winning that game by seven, but uh, they did. And uh, I feel like that was extremely phony. They were getting just dominated, not dominated, but they just weren't didn't have anything all game against a pretty very weak Buffalo team, I guess I should say. So, yeah, I guess, like I said, I think it's more so a bet against Houston here. I just feel like this team is pretty much dead. I don't really have any faith in them at all. I feel like they should have shown up here in a few different spots and haven't. And then uh, I think Jacksonville, this is the time they have to show up. And if uh, if I bet on them here and they don't show up for me this week, I feel like this might be a pretty big red flag for Jacksonville. So, like I said, I think this is a show-up spot here for Jacksonville. And I don't like laying more than three usually, especially with a team like Jacksonville. But I feel like this has a little bit of a blowout written all over it here. So, I'll, uh, I'll lay the points here with Jacksonville at home. Basically, could have just taken that, <clears throat> my uh, my case for Jacksonville last week and just reach out it up and put it in the podcast for you this week because it's essentially like the exact same after i'm like all right they just got blown up by kansas city now they're 
having a huge step down in class and you know they're laying a relatively small point spread here uh Bortles is kind of a you know schizophrenic behind there and you know this will hopefully be one of his good weeks and I think they're kind of primed for a blowout here and uh then they no showed again so I I can't argue with you I I think that logic makes a lot of sense uh I just I don't know I think they were in a really good spot last week and didn't even like weren't even competitive at all against a what I think is a pretty uh, absolutely below average Dallas squad so Maybe they bounce back this week, but I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I don't know. I, I do think I agree with everything you said about Houston. Not a fan of them whatsoever. I just I just don't know if I can trust a team that when I thought was a great spot comes up with that effort. I just don't think I can turn around and lay you know five points with them again. I think the one so, thing one thing to remember here. Uh, I think the, the, both Jacksonville's games there that they didn't look too impressive with against the Chiefs on the road and then against Dallas last week on the road. So I feel like coming back at home is definitely going to be a big uh, big help for them. Yeah, I mean, I could maybe see that. I mean, historically, they've had a you know one of the worst home fields in the league. And I don't think, I don't think they've historically played much better at home. But you could make just from like a spot, you know, travel standpoint, I think that is kind of a common thing especially i mean it's in like an nba and stuff too but if you go on a road trip and lose your last couple when you come back home it's usually a good spot to kind of rebound with a strong effort so you know maybe there's something to that um i don't know i i definitely don't feel strongly enough in that that i'm going to jump on board with them again this week but if you do i will wish you the best of luck and i by no means of that I mean i have any interest in houston either uh on to the later games looks like we got three here uh, the first one is kind of an interesting one. We got New Orleans coming off their bye, heading to Baltimore. Looks like Baltimore is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, some place with some extra juice, the total of fifty. Yeah, my power rating here: Baltimore minus two and a half. Westgate open: Baltimore minus two. Look at line here was a pick'em, and the total here open forty nine and a half. And yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this is a tough game for me. It, it seems to me like. You, you kind of want to look to the Baltimore side. I mean, it's just under two and a half. If you could, you know, get that before it gets to three, maybe. But at the same time, I just don't. I think if anything, I, uh, I guess. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. So that just from the numbers where it, you know, the numbers sitting, I feel like some value. I might take Baltimore two and a half because I feel like it's probably going to go to three, is where it looks like it's heading. But at the same time, I feel like New Orleans is the side I'd prefer to be on. But uh, it's definitely not too convincing. So I guess. All in all, it seems like it's probably just going to be a stay away from me. But I think it will be a good game. Uh, New Orleans coming off a bye. And Baltimore after, I mean, they dom- dominating effort. Uh, didn't give a, think of any points on defense, uh, winning 21 nothing there last week against Tennessee. So you can't say it's you know necessarily a bad spot. I mean, it, it seemed like it was relatively effortless for them. Um, like I said, they were kind of just running the ball, running the clock out there pretty much from second half on. And Tennessee looked pretty lifeless. But uh, it'll be interesting to see like New Orleans coming off the bye here. Uh, how they'll be able to perform, and uh, it's pretty high total. A little, I, I shouldn't say higher than I expected, but uh, I think you kind of expect you should uh, kind of, you know, get used to these higher totals. I guess what it comes down to in the nowadays NFL and the today's NFL. So I don't really have much on this game. I guess what it comes down to, I feel like it's uh, kind of right where it should be. Yeah, it's interesting because I'd say if anything, I mean, like usually when a number is close to a key number like this, that tend to go towards the key number because usually you'll get people that'll just buy up the two and a half. 
hoping to you know gets the three and they have a great bet in their pocket. But I think if anything, this one I would say is going to go down because I think uh, once the public is involved, I think there's no question they'll be on New Orleans. It's just all about a super sexy offense coming off a great primetime performance, even though the buy will temper that a tad bit. Last time the public saw this New Orleans team, they were blowing out Washington at home, and Drew Brees was having ceremonies on the field and and whatnot. Whereas Baltimore, I think, looked more impressive at Tennessee, but won a twenty game twenty one zero that not a lot of people saw, and even you know people probably turned it off when it was fourteen zero or whatever, and just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, Tennessee team's terrible, and I don't think we give give Baltimore a lot of credit for that. And just defensive games like that in general uh, don't usually catch people's attention as much. So I would get a, I would guess the money'd come in on New Orleans here, whether that moves it significantly or not. I, I don't know. Sounds like we might uh, need to make a little wager on it, a little uh, drink wager. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know how we I guess. I don't know how we grade it. What? Uh, how low do you think it's gonna get? I, I'm not. I'm just saying. I don't think it's gonna get to three. Is kind of what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's. I would say I think there's going to be sharp money on Baltimore, and I think the public's going to be on New Orleans, is what I think. Where is if the, you know, if, I think if the public was on Baltimore, I think the line would absolutely shoot up to three or even higher. But I think the, I think it's going to be a sharp square split like that. So I guess I don't, I don't even know how we could really, you know, grade that accurately. And I don't feel like incredibly strongly about it. So maybe just monitor it and give a little tip of the cap. <laughs> I hear a little uh, beep, beep, beep action there. I'm backing up. Well, how are we supposed to grade that? If No, I'm just kidding. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I was going to say, I, I feel like we'll probably see a flat three at some point for sure during the week. But um. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by that, too. Like I said, I, I think the Sharps will be on Baltimore myself, so maybe they'll be buying those numbers up and they'll get to three and, and the public will come in with a bunch of money on Sunday. And, you know, I, I don't know. But um, for me... Uh, I bet against Baltimore last week, and it got burned. And uh, I don't know. I I don't really totally believe in Baltimore yet, even though they looked pretty impressive last week. I think that was partially just Tennessee's offensive line was unbelievably bad. <laughs> um, but I also, we've said this a million times too, so this is getting kind of repetitive, but I don't trust New Orleans outside on the road. And especially, I don't, I don't. I think the buy is probably good for them. I, I trust Peyton and Breeze. I think more rest is is good for him, even though it was off a impressive primetime game. I don't think they're going to be too, uh, you know, high and mighty feeling about themselves. But at the same time, I just don't really, I don't really like them in this role. So uh, I don't know. I think you can make a pretty good case for either team. This, this will be one of my uh, most interesting games to watch this week to see how it plays out. But likely won't be involved in this one. Uh, now we got a NFC East battle. We got Dallas heading to Washington. It's like Washington's a one and a half point home favorite with a total of 41 and a half, 42. Yeah, my power rating here, Washington minus three. Westgate open Washington two and a half. Look headline, Washington three, even money. And the total here open 41 and a half. So now this is another one. The you boys are at, back. What's that? The boys are back. The boys are back in town. That's right. <laughs> um, no, but, uh. This is when you have to look at, you know, just kind of do some math here and do some, like I said, for my numbers that I have. That's why I like having them. And when I, uh, you know, put them in my handicap, you, you look at the, the a downgrade here um, from the look at line, I mean, off of three, like I said, even money. So, I mean, you're talking about you know, pretty good, uh, you, I don't know, what, do some quick math. Or you're talking probably about a 20, 25 cents adjustment. 
one and a half to three even money. So I mean, where do you, where do you get that adjustment? Washington wanted covered um, at home. They they got bet against there. They were road. Uh, or, I mean, home underdogs there at home is what they went off at, and they ended up winning and covering. So that's you know decently impressive. I think that like I said, they're in control of that game most of the time. Uh, they had a few turnovers that went their way. So I mean, that was definitely a, you know if anything a luck factor towards them. Fifty fifty balls, I guess you could say towards them. Uh, but like I said, they can control that game. If anything, they're just playing too conservative. I think if anything, but it's like, okay, now you're taking this Dallas team after one game and yeah, granted, they look pretty impressive. They blew the doors off of Jacksonville, but I mean, just, uh, to me, it's good. It's an overreaction. I mean, I think this game should be three, uh, or at least two and a half, uh, with a little bit of juice maybe. So I feel like, uh, getting some value on Washington, but what might keep me away from it is I just don't know how much I trust this Washington team. I feel like even last week on my bet, I got slightly fortunate to win that even though I felt like they were the right side. I didn't really like love uh, the way they played that game. And then I think a lot comes out of coaching as well. I'm not a big Jay Gruden fan. Um, so it's to me On here. On the other just, side, you're a big Garrett fan, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So uh, you got the clapper and the you know the one finger, uh, one finger Jason. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, I feel like either of these two teams I think are hard to take, but I think if uh, I take Washington way before Dallas and I, I might get to the window and especially I won't be surprised if it even comes out even further. So, I mean, if you get them in the pick em range, I think you got to blindly take Washington here is what I would think. I mean, whether it's you're getting land one or one and a half or pick them, it's obviously a difference, but I don't think it should factor in whether you decide to bet them or not, right? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about 10, 15 cents. I mean, that's you know, quite a bit when you talk about the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But, Anyway, I'd, uh, I did some math myself, uh, looked at some uh, trends. I think something will pop out at you here. Look at Washington's <laughs> schedule. Week one, win. Week two, loss. Week three, oh, win. Week four, loss. Week five, win. So, if you're good at noticing fill, patterns. Fill in the blank. Looks like we've got a loss coming up here against the Cowboys, so i got to have my max bet play of the week on the Cowboys. That's a, br- that's a brilliant handicap. I haven't <laughs> thought about that. No, but it is just kind of show you what kind of a whack-a-mole, like, ridiculous team this Washington team is, where I haven't been a huge fan of them, but they've shown up in some pretty decent spots. Uh, they, you know, they, they blew out the Cardinals on the road, but and then lost to the Colts at home, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's just... Uh, they beat up on one of the worst teams in the league, but now against the Colts, who are you know average at best, they lose at home. Then they came back against the Pack, blew them out. Then they won against Carolina at home again. So, um, you know, maybe they are a somewhat respectable team. Whereas the Cowboys on the road this year, they're over three. Uh, they've lost relatively close games, but they lost to the Panthers, the Seahawks, and the Texans, which I don't definitely aren't top end teams. And maybe the Cowboys figured out something last week and. Uh, you know, even though they absolutely yeah, smoked Jacksonville and, and I lost and play betting against them last week, I don't think I'm going to have much trouble coming back and uh, firing right back against them again this week with this Washington team, which I don't love. But in terms of just talent and uh, ability, I definitely have more faith in uh, in Washington's you know, playmakers, uh, even, even coaching staff, even though I'm not a huge Gruden fan either. And uh, even quarterback, I'm not a huge Alex Smith fan, but I think he's as good of, as Prescott, if not better. So, uh, I, I don't think I'd ever make a huge bet on this because I don't fully trust Washington. But I think they're, I, I, at worst, this should be a minus three. So I think there's a good amount of value here uh, back in Washington. Also, I just want to mention, I uh, I made a note, my, mention of it in my notes, but 
feel like his total is a little bit low, too. I get it's a divisional game, but like I said, you can clearly there's an adjustment off of Dallas' last performance, but it doesn't seem like the, uh, the total is getting adjusted much at all. Um, not that I necessarily agree with uh, that, you know, the performance should affect much this week from Dallas last week, but I feel like 41.5 is a pretty low total here. Um, like I said, you know, it, Washington kind of played conservative, which is the one thing that worries me about that, but I feel like if they're Dallas is getting anything going on offense and 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 pushing them at all. I feel like Washington's going to be forced to be more aggressive. So I feel like uh, this is a game you got to look over as well. Yeah, I don't know, but I I think these are both pretty pretty solid under teams. Myself, I guess Washington maybe you could make the case they're not because they've had they've had a couple of higher scoring games, but they just they seem kind of like a stereotypical. Alex Smith does these and drives between the twenties and then kicks field goals and the Cowboys actually only have enough playmakers, so um yeah, I don't know. I'd I guess I, I don't think I'd bet the under, but I, I don't think I'd be on the over here myself either. But fair enough. Um last game of the late games, we have the Rams heading to San Francisco. And it looks like the Rams are nine and a half point road favors, a total of fifty two. Um, yeah, let's see. I got uh, Power in here, the Rams minus 9. Westgate open, Rams minus 11. Look headline here, Rams 12.5, and, and the total here open 53.5. Uh, yeah, this one here, I just uh, I don't got much. I'll keep this one short. Uh, this, w- this would have been the Sunday night game, so I'm glad I got flexed. I don't think it's going to be much of a game. Uh, and again, it's going to be San Francisco or pass for me. Uh, they looked pretty you know, in the similar point spread range. Against Green Bay, and they uh, last week, and they looked, you know, competitive, and they were in the game, and you know, Beathard looked pretty, uh, pretty decent. I mean, he was making some plays, making some throws, but couldn't quite keep up with, with Rodgers. There, it's kind of a, a shootout type of game, or it definitely was a shootout type of game. But the the, the thing that uh, I like also like the San Francisco side is the Rams here playing this their third road game. I mean, not not an easy uh, place to play either. I'm talking about Seattle, not that Seattle uh, before, and then last week in Denver, but not that San Francisco. Super difficult to play in, but I mean it's a, it's a division game and it's a third road game in a row. So I mean you got to put something into that, and uh, you know and they're laying this many points on the road in an NFL game. So I mean it's, I think that's about uh, where the handicap lies. It's just a matter of do you want to you know trust San Francisco again or not. And to me it kind of feels like San Francisco might have had a, a pretty good effort against Green Bay, and I, I, you know, has, this game kind of has the makings that it could be a blowout where they're not in the game at all. But you can't really bet on that. So like I said, I look to the San Francisco side or nothing. Yeah, I think it's a good point. The road trip, not that it's super long distance wise, but going to Seattle, which is historically one of the toughest places to play, and then going to Denver with the altitude, and then now going for a third straight week, even though it's in the same state. Um, yeah, I think that is can be a little wearing if you look at they haven't covered the first two of the road trips. So, uh, you know, it, it, I think it is kind of one of those things you can kind of make the case like, oh, well. You know they're not gonna win and not cover every week, so they have to have a blowout in them at some point. But I also I'm not gonna sit there and bet on it to to happen. Um, and even though it's kind of run contrary to what's been happening here, I still do think the Rams are a team that's gonna be ultra aggressive with leads and is gonna try running up on people when they have the opportunity. So, like you mentioned last week, part of the reason you're betting on the dog is because the back door's usually open or oftentimes open, and you can kind of sneak in those, you know quote-unquote dirty wins occasionally whereas i think the rams are a team that is trying to you know close those out sooner than later uh and the san francisco coming off a great 
great effort, even though they fell short. It might be a little bit of a a crushing loss for them, and then coming back on a short week uh, after the primetime effort there, and then the Rams, who are probably a little bit frustrated, even though they've been winning games, that they haven't won them as much as they'd like. So I think you could make a pretty good case here for both sides. So I'm just going to stay away. Uh, Sunday night game, we got Cincinnati heading to Kansas City. Kansas City is a six-point home favorite, a total of 58.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City 7, Westgate open, Kansas City 5.5, look headline, Kansas City 6.5, and, and the total here open 58.5 at the Westgate. And a little, little disappointed here when I was doing my numbers. I expected to see 6.5, 7 for sure, 6.5 uh, for sure, maybe even 7, Kansas City, and I would have liked to take the Cincy side. I've kind of been lower on them all year, but I feel like this is a spot. Uh, you take the points of Cincy. But uh, at six, it's a little more in the ballpark uh, what I would kind of expect it to see and kind of where I'd make this game uh, from my own perspective. If you take away my power range, it's kind of where I'd make the line myself. I feel like it's, you know, five, five and a half, six, and right in that range. So I feel like there might be a tiny bit of value on Cincy at six, but uh, I'm, I'm going to wait here. And if I can get a seven, I'll for sure be on Cincy, uh, I, would, I would assume, before game time. But uh, and I won't be surprised if it did get there. Uh, but in the meantime, I feel like the, the value here is quite a bit of value here on the total, uh, under, I feel like, yeah, you're, you're playing Kansas city. I get that. And they've gone over, I don't know if they've gone over every game. If they haven't, I think they've gone over every game, haven't they? Uh, I'm, take a look here. I'm pretty sure they have, but, um, so they had say, 80, 83 last game and they had 44 against the Jags, which I think pretty that, sure that well, that must've gone under. And then the Broncos, they had 50, which was over for sure. The Niners, they had 65. Steelers, they had 79. And Chargers, they had 66. We're talking about a first-half basketball game here? Are we talking about... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I get it. They've, they've got a lot of points, and mostly because of the Kansas City, one of the worst defenses in the league, if not the worst. I get that. I mean, I'm not uh, oblivious to that. But the, so I'm just going to do some, some quick calculations here. I mean, you look at Kansas City against New England last week, and they had one of the highest totals of the year. Uh, 59 and a half, 60, somewhere in there. So you're talking about a point less than what we had against that team. Uh, those two teams, I get it, it was prime time, so maybe a little bit of an adjustment, I, you could maybe argue. Um, but, I mean, you got Kansas City and New England. Those are probably the two of the three top most high-power offenses in the league. I think at least two of the, least, two of the four, maybe, two of the five for sure. And then you talk about defenses. I mean, Kansas City, like I said, is the worst or bottom two or three, and then New England's got to be, at least the way their current form was playing going into last week, they were bottom quartile for sure maybe even less i mean you're talking about good offenses terrible defenses now you look at cincy um they got a, a good offense there i think they're you know decently above average i think they're you know probably in the top quartile of the league uh, somewhere in that ninth tenth range i would say for offenses but then you have a defense for cincy that i think is well above average as well so to me i think it's got to be low 50s here is mid mid to low 50s should be the total in my opinion just uh, based off of last week's numbers and I'm sure, and I understand why they're doing it. It's pretty much a book's effort of saying we're tired of getting burned on these overs. We're just going to put it as high as possible to try to attract any kind of under money we can. So I might be a sucker or whatever. You might call me that. I don't care. I feel like the value here is on the under uh, 58, 58.5. Yeah, I just think you've been wrongly assigning the Cincy team as more runner team than they actually are. I I wouldn't bet the over here, but uh, if you look at Cincy's totals, you got. 49, 44, 6, 73, 52, 57, 57. Um, 
Yeah, which is obviously why we're getting this super high total is because of, of the way that these games are playing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the last two, I mean, you could say you could say the last game, I guess. The Dolphins game was kind of fluky and weird, but I think the Dolphins are generally more of an under team. And then you, but the Steelers, you have last week, they only scored 49, and even that, they, you know, they scored quite a bit of points there at the end to get it up that high. And the Steelers are pretty much a, a pretty big over team. So I think you could make that's the case. Well, maybe the Cincy's rounding into form now they got perfect back on the defense and and what have you. So I don't know. I just, the Kansas City team, all they do is just gun the ball deep and, you know, the Holmes isn't immune to making mistakes. And I don't know. It's just, and then they have their defense. I, I, I think I might have misspoke earlier when I said Tampa and Atlanta were the two deep, worst defense in the league. I, you you got to throw Kansas City in there. <laughs> yeah, they might have the worst defense. Can't forget about ball. them, Frank. Yeah. Um, they're just beyond. I, I guess they had a one good effort against Jacksonville. But other than that, um, they've just been pretty horrendous. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying there. But I just, I don't know. I don't think you're going to make a living betting unders on this Kansas City team, especially when the other team's not a huge under team. But that being said, this number, it's just hard to for me to not have the mindset of any time a number is like 57 or higher to be like, oh, just an auto bet under. It's just kind of get, I don't know. It's I think I think I want to just automatically jump with those unders because you've been trained to for so long. But the way the game's kind of going here, it just to me, I think I just got to get more used to seeing those kind of numbers in the NFL and not automatically wanting to take the under on them. Um, not really a huge opinion. I think you'd, you'd expect if since he's a good team to bounce back here with a good effort uh, after losing to Pittsburgh like that. Uh, but then you also have Kansas City playing a good game, but then losing in prime time against the pass last week. Uh, it's hard for me to feel they'll be too dejected. Um, you know, maybe they are going to be a little... Uh, you know, I'm not totally interested at the beginning of the game and kind of a little bit of a lull from that primetime game. But you also think made the case that Cincy might be because the Steelers are their biggest rival and, you know, one of the biggest efforts they put out all year. So it's from a spot perspective, I'm not really sure who's in a better or worse spot. And I do think Kansas City is a couple points better than Cincy. So I think, I don't know, this seems about right to me. I guess I, I don't think I'm really going to get involved. I'd, I'd take Cincy if you forced me to, but uh, no one's forcing me to, luckily. Uh, then the Monday night game, we got the Giants heading to Atlanta. Uh, looks like Atlanta's a five-and-a-half point favorite at home with a total of 54-and-a-half. Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta minus seven. Westgate opened Atlanta three. Just got bought up immediately. Uh, up to where it's at now, and the look at line here, Atlanta minus three-and-a-half. And the total here opened 54-and-a-half. Um, yeah, I mean, boy, I, I don't even know. I mean, I guess if you force me to pick one of these sides, I'd, I'd have to take the Giants just because of the Atlanta's defense. But this will be interesting to see after this game here, Monday night. I mean, obviously they can't flex it out to Monday night game, but, um, not, not the best of games, I don't think, obviously. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of, what are we going to see? Are we going to see an Atlanta team that comes in and dominates and, and Giants can't get anything going on offense? And we talk about how, oh, the Atlanta defense found their stride and, you know, they're, they're not too bad of a defense and kind of talk them into it because of the Manning side. Or is it going to be a, you know, the narrative that the Giants stuck pretty close and then people say, oh, Manning's back, you know, he's a fine quarterback and stuff because he's playing a bad defense like Atlanta. And to me, I think it's going to be more of the narrative of the 
the ladder of uh, the, you know, the Giants coming in and Eli looking halfway serviceable against a just god-awful Atlanta defense uh, and, and sticking with them. So to me, that'd be where I'd probably look. The Giants side here, uh, and then we always have the total. I mean, it just you can't really go under here on Atlanta team. I, I feel like this is uh, if you got you got to look over. If anything, I don't I don't necessarily love it, but uh, I'd probably lean over the total here and probably taking the Giants and getting the points here. Just assuming that the Atlanta's defense is just going to be able to get points put against uh, all season long, like they have. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll lean uh, to the Giants as well. All right, yeah, we're kind of running a little late here, so I'm just going to be super quick with this one. I don't like Eli. I don't like the Giants. Don't really want to bet them pretty much in any scenario right now. Um, but I also have zero interest in laying this many points with Atlanta on their defense. So pretty easy to stay away from me. I'll probably have the game on in the background, but definitely won't be paying super close attention to it. Kind of a shame that uh, a primetime standalone games this week or uh, other than the Cincy Kansas City, the, the other ones, other two are pretty terrible. So kind of a shame, but so be it is what it is. So that'll do her for the week seven game-by-game uh, game betting preview there for you. So let's uh, get to our plays of the week here and then wrap up the pod. The AS Pick of the Week. All right. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, right. I got mine home last week betting on the Chargers. And you got half of your tees in with the Rams, but the other half with Tennessee no showing kind of did you in there. So that gets me to three and two on the year. And you are a hefty 0-4-1 on the year. Just so pretty, just solid. I, can, I continue to keep the tee box. And uh, there's actually a handful that I like quite a bit this week. Um, the way I feel, there's quite a few that I, I, I like, but I don't love a ton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Like, like I, my first inclination would be to just take Washington, but then I also feel like I'm going to be kicking myself if, I'm like, I can't believe you lost your pick of the week on Washington when I just don't really don't trust them at all. Um, so instead, I'm going to go to a team I totally trust that I get right every single time I bet them has never screwed me over. And uh, Oh, boy. That's the uh, the Detroit Lions. I'm going to take them minus three on the road. Boy, that's bold. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, that is bold. Um, I'm... Yeah, because we don't, I still don't even know we know who the quarterback is. So that's a little bit. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can just assume it is Osweiler. But all right, so you're on Detroit. Um, let's see. Boy, what do I want to do? Um, I'm. Uh, I mean, it's bound to change here sooner or later. It's just been an awful stretch. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, I'm still profitable on the year. I had a pretty good uh, week from a units perspective on my release plays on theronesports.com. But pick of the week hasn't been too good, so we're going to change that here this week. And I think if I lose this game, I feel like it's because of the coaching change of the defensive coordinator. I think I'm going to go over in that Cleveland-Tampa Bay game like I mentioned earlier in the, in the slate here. I feel like uh, that's that's just something to look at. They, they Like they said, fired their defensive coordinator, which I don't really like bucking that trend because usually the first week they get a new coordinator, uh, an intern, whoever steps up. You know, they kind of get a fight for him, but I just feel like they're just, they're just not there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go against that, and I'm going to take uh, over here. Uh, what, 40? What do you think? What do you see? The 49 and a half is pretty widely available. Yeah, 49 and a half sounds good. So I'll take over there, and uh, we can uh, get the pot over. All right. Well, that'll do her. You, any concluding thoughts, or good to go? No, I don't know. I don't expect to have a deep card like I did last week, but you never know. Just, uh, take a look at our own sports, look at our release plays, and 
try to get some bets in and uh, we can work on our way to get well above positive here instead of just floating around it. All right. Well, yeah, that'll do her. Uh, it should be a good week of football here. So everyone enjoy week seven. Best of luck to you. Good luck with all your wagers. And we'll be back next week to take a look at week eight. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.